Hello, fellow Kentuckians and other friends, and welcome to a new edition of my old Kentucky podcast. My name is Robert Conte, and joining me this week is Kate Turner. Kate, how are you today? I'm I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Robert? <laughs> I'm pretty tired. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. I'm happy. I'm excited. I am. I'm very tired. Uh, uh, it is. It is the day after Election Day, 2023. We have uh, another gubernatorial uh, election has come and gone. Andy Bashir has been reelected governor of Kentucky. That's why Kate's smiling. That's why I'm happy. Uh, but yes, we had to get all these numbers. We got to get you everything you need to know. And that's why I'm tired. So that's what we're talking about today. Uh, you know, lots of sl- lots of stuff, lots of stuff to go over, a lot of stuff about the present or what we learned from this election, what might be happening in the near future, what might be happening far out into the future. We're going to talk about all of it. Kate Turner, are you ready to have this discussion? I'm ready. But it was an early night. Come it, on, Robert. It, it was. Uh, well, I have to tell you, right? So when when Allison Leonard and Grimes was running the Secretary of State's office uh, before the Board of Election took away her powers to administer elections, uh, there was a really nice election night reporting system where you could get the data out of it very quickly and start working with the data, uh, you know, right mm-hmm. away. Um, this isn't Michael Adams' fault, but uh, he, you know, the Board of Elections took that power away from the Secretary of State uh, and retains it for itself. And now I was there scraping their website until 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> getting all the numbers. But we got them. We got them, and we're going to talk about all of them got today. I'm excited to talk maps today, Robert. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, definitely check out. I got a lot of maps on X. You've got some good maps. Yeah, we've got them. You've been check, sharing them. They're very interesting. Check them out. This, you know, my first claim to fame maybe was as a, a cartographer a Kentucky cartographer, election cartographer. So, uh, yeah, we are going to talk about all of that today. So, uh, Andy Bashir won, won by about five percentage points. It's his biggest statewide win ever, which is, you know, pretty crazy. Um, it, it is, uh, Kate, I was thinking about this kind of recently. You know, we're thinking about this as like, wow, Andy won by five points. That's crazy. What a big win for him. Then, you know, yeah. Craig Greenberg won last year, mayor of Louisville, by about 5%. We were like, that was really close. What a close race that was. So it's all a matter of perspective, right? Uh, I think that you know uh Andy Bashir winning by five percentage points uh that feels really good to us uh I think that uh he 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 I don't know what do you think just first of all Kate was this better worse or at expectations from what you thought going into it so I have to say like the headlines of it are fantastic right um but it is bittersweet to look down ballot uh no matter what it just is um, and also I was surprised that turnout was down compared to 2019 also, um, which that also just isn't great, you know, like that, regardless of the outcome, um, turnout being down, that was surprising for me. I would have thought that there would have been more Dem showing up than in 2019. And apparently that's not the case. Um, jump in if I'm, if I'm incorrect there, that's what I read earlier today. I, I, you're not, you're not wrong, right? I don't think you're incorrect in that. I do think 2019 was historic, right? That was kind of the thing about it. Like 2019 was a historic gubernatorial election. The most people, the highest voter turnout for one of those, like, year before the presidential election in in history. It was like on par with the midterm election. Uh, This election there here in like the odd numbered year, they always are um, the lowest of the turnouts. Like usually the even numbered elections that have the presidential election or where you're electing Congress have significantly higher. And 2019 was unusual because it actually had a higher level of turnout than 2018 the year before, or at least higher than 2022, which was last year. This year, you know, turnout was down, but... But the 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 
the decline was significantly worse for Republicans. I do think Democrats right. were pretty engaged. Like there was some decay in, in Andy Bashir's vote total from 2019. But, you know, for example, he, he got more votes in Fayette County in 2023 than he did in Fayette County in 2019. Now, that's a growing area. Right. It's getting more Democratic. Right. A lot of people moving in. Um, Louisville was down, you know, kind of in line with, with everywhere else. But uh, I think the thing is, like, the turnout being down, I think, is a factor uh, of Republicans not being really jazzed about their gubernatorial candidate. That would be sure. that would be kind of what sure. I'm thinking about there. Yeah, yeah. And the swing towards Bashir, I mean, in all of these, I'm looking at the uh, – I was trying to pull it up on my computer, but it just – it wasn't – X is not allowing me to be logged into more X, than one man, place watch the time. Um, uh, no, the map that you shared um, – that I think Justin Hicks put together yeah, uh, from, from Louisville Public mm-hmm. Media um, that uh, shows the swings in some of these districts and how much they moved from 2019 to 23 it, uh, for uh, Governor Bashir, um, which is fantastic. I mean, obviously, we, we talked about this last week, how well this campaign was run and, um, you know, winning uh, a Democrat winning a statewide in Kentucky in 2023 is uh, threading a very specific needle. Yeah. And uh, Andy definitely managed to do that well. Yeah. Well, well, let's get into it a little bit. Let's talk about like the functions of how Andy Bashir managed to do it. And, and if you have been paying attention to this since 2019, he basically repeated his 2019 strategy almost exactly. So the 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 crux of of Andy Bashir winning in 2019 and in 2023 were huge huge wins in the two urban counties, uh Jefferson and Fayette, Louisville, Lexington. In 2019, Andy Bashir won Jefferson County by 99,000 votes. This year he won it by 103,000 votes. I did that. That's a, the wrong number. I put 123. It was only 103,000 votes. In Fayette County, he exceeded his margin uh, he won by 36,000 in 2019. He got, uh, you know, 9,000, almost 9,000 more uh, this time, 45,000 vote margin of victory, which if you listen last week, I did say he was going to that was going to be a, the biggest vote game was there in, in Fayette County. So that is that did come to pass as predict. I, I got one prediction, right, uh, that that Fayette County was going to have the biggest swing. Uh, it was it was massive. <laughs> it was huge. Um, And and yes, those two formed the crux of Andy Bashir's victory. It is crazy that, you know, you could take Fayette County out of the election and Andy Bashir still would have won. That's kind of crazy to me. Um, But but, you know, he did he did manage to win uh, both of those counties by a massive amount. So that was the first piece of the coalition. Uh, The next piece of the coalition, Northern Kentucky. Um, Andy Bashir did win Kenton and Campbell counties. I think people were surprised when he did that in 2019. I do think that that was a little bit expected this time. He won them uh, by about 8,000. This time he won them by 2,000 in 2019. This, I think, is a secular trend that is going to increase. This is something that we will see more and more of. Uh, and we'll get into suburbs uh, later in the later down, later down uh, as we're talking about things. But I do think that this still kind of counts as suburbs. Folks up there in northern Kentucky, don't kill me when I call you the Cincinnati suburbs. I know that's not the, the full <laughs> fact of it. You know, uh, the you know there there are there are great great towns: Covington, Newport, Dayton, Bellevue. They're all great places up there. They're their own places. They're not just Cincinnati. I know that. Um, but yes, those those places that are kind Rachel of Rachel t- Roberts is sending you her check in the mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddy Wheatley, if he if he if he is not too depressed today, uh, is is mad at me <laughs> somewhere. Um, right, those places uh, they they. Have have grown they have gotten more democratic 
one big change is that Andy Bashir also made significant inroads in Boone County. That is one of the places that is the most uh, Republican in the state. That is like the, the home of like the Liberty Movement is there in, in Boone County. But Andy Bashir did manage to make some significant inroads in Boone County. And actually, uh, he only lost it by about 4,800 after losing it by 6,000 in 2019. So he's a 1,200 vote swing towards Andy Bashir. So that is a pretty significant difference. And, and the places where that happened in Boone County were the smaller cities. Florence uh, was the big, mm-hmm. the big thing that shifted there. Um, Florence moving from, uh, you know, having a, a lot of growth for, for Andy Bashir there. So, so Northern Kentucky, urban areas, Northern Kentucky, those two areas were the first two big pieces of the coalition. Just like last time, Andy Bashir also did very well in counties that had decent-sized cities. Some of them he didn't win the whole county, but many of them he did. He won Henderson County, which has Henderson. He won Davies County. That was a flip, which has Owensboro. Uh, Matt Bevan won Owensboro, won Davies County last time. Um, Andy Bashir won Davis County this time. Uh, he won Warren County, held Warren County. That's Bowling Green. He uh, won Nelson County, and which has Bardstown. He won Boyle County. That was another flip, which has Danville. He won Madison, which has both Richmond and Berea. Uh, he won Rowan County. Uh, that was a hold, which has Moorhead. And he also won Boyd County. That has Ashland. There's a few others that he also won that don't have necessarily as big a cities as those, but he also came within striking distance of a lot of other counties that have larger cities. In McCracken County, the home of Paducah, he got 47% of the vote. In Callaway County, which is the home of Murray and Murray State University, he got 46%. In Jessamine County, which uh, we'll talk about Jessamine County here in a second as well, that has Nicholasville, he got 47%. And Pike County, all the way out, the furthest eastern county in the state, he got 45%. That is Pikeville. Pike County, really interesting. Um, we'll, we'll get to it next. And also, uh, Andy Bashir almost won Hardin County. He lost by 200 votes. Hardin County, of course, is the home of Daniel Cameron. Uh, that is where he is from. Uh, it would have been very funny if uh, if Andy Bashir had won both Hardin and Henderson County. Henderson County is where Robbie Mills is from, and Hardin County is where Daniel Cameron is from. Very, very close. He lost by 0.6%. Wasn't the closest county, though. We'll get in, we'll get into that in just a second. So um, that that is kind of the case there. That is the third piece of the coalition, as far as I'm concerned, is these small cities, the urban-rural divide, writ large, and writ small. Um, that is that is the thing. Um, three, Two other pieces of this coalition before, Kate, I'm, I'm going to take a breath and let you talk. Uh, <laughs> the, the fourth piece of the coalition is... Appalachia. Um, we had mm-hmm. talked about this last time, uh, and I said I didn't think he was going to do as well in Appalachia as he did in 2019, but he did. Andy Bashir won yep. 13 counties east of Lexington this year. Uh, he had won nine in 2019. That's actually is one of his better regions. He did really, really well in the former coal counties in southeastern Kentucky. Uh, Bashir kept. Uh, so these are the places he held. Breathitt, Floyd, McGoffin, Knott, and Wolf counties. Th- those places are not very big, but their uh, roots are Democratic. They like the Bashir family. They like Andy Bashir. And he also added Powell County by one vote. Uh, Andy Bashir won Powell County by one vote. Um, he also flipped Letcher County, and he flipped Perry County. Those are also places that have small cities. Letcher, Letcher has Whitesburg, uh, Perry County. That's Hazard. Um, those also those area that area where that that saw the flips and some of the biggest vote gain for Andy Bashir. Those are also the areas that were hit really hard 
by the flooding in, in summer 2022. Uh, a lot of people point to that as a reason why uh, the, the swing happened. Andy Bashir was very present in, in that area of the state after those floods. Uh, it also, these places have deep roots that are democratic. I, I, I think that there's a lot of things. I do think it goes beyond the floods. I do think it goes beyond that. I think that these people in this area at the core are, you know, left populist type people um and yeah. uh you know the national democratic party has uh, uh you know not not uh, kept up with people like that it is not a good brand for those types of people but i do think that message still resonates with the folks uh in southeastern kentucky one last piece of the coalition that i did think uh we needed to talk about kate this is uh you know close to home for you for sure it is the collar counties around louisville and lexington so Andy Bashir actually won every county that borders Fayette County except for Jessamine County, which is a historically very Republican county, uh, including Bourbon and including Clark counties, which were flips for him. Clark County's Winchester, Bourbon County. Oh, man, I forgot. I, 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 sorry, Bourbon County folks. I forgot your city. I'm talking too much. I've been thinking too much, and I am tired. Uh, the Louisville suburbs um, have historically been very much more Republican than the Lexington suburbs. The Lexington suburbs have historically been very Democratic. Some of uh, Kentucky's most well-known governors, Happy Chandler, for example, from Woodford County, a lot of the people um, who are the most well-connected in Kentucky politics, Democratic politics especially, are from the Collar Counties around Lexington, Kentucky. The Collar Counties around Louisville are probably most well-known. Uh, they grew the most during, like, the white flight areas uh, in, in the second half of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. They're very, very Republican, but they surged for Andy Bashir this time. He didn't win uh, all of these, but he came very, very close. Bashir only lost Oldham County by 225 votes, which is huge. That's crazy. Yeah, I, a lot of people said Oldham might flip came extremely close he lost by 0.8 percent he got 48 percent of the vote in shelby county which to me that may be even more surprising than the oldham county sure. number. uh shelby county sure. to me feel is it's it's more uh agrarian more agricultural and and feels feels more conservative to me than a lot of like the suburban folks that live in oldham county um and andy Bashir also managed to get 43 percent in bullet county which is much more you know it, Oldham and Shelby are kind of more like East Louisville. Bullitt County is much more like South Louisville. Um, and, and getting to 43%, Bullitt County how also a historically Democratic place, but has swung very hard away from Democrats in, in the past 10 years or so, um, was able to keep it very close there. Spencer County was the lone exception. Um, I don't want to want to talk much about Spencer County, uh, but it did go for Daniel Cameron, 63 to 37. So those uh, I, I had four pieces of the coalition last year, added a fifth of the suburbs because it does seem to be trending towards Democrats. Kate, I've said a lot of things. What do you think about about uh, this coalition that Andy Bashir has built? Yeah, um, a couple of things. Um, having lived in and out of Kentucky, too, I think something that I've noticed a lot about Kentucky voters is that um, they're eager and happy to say, well, I like did a split ticket. You know, I'm happy to do that. That's that that kind of like rebelness is definitely something that you uh, that you see. Um, and so I'm not super surprised by how uh, big that gap is with a split ticket with people just really liking Andy. Just, you know, he shows up. He's, uh, you know, his dad was a governor for eight years. He's quite popular. That name um, is well known uh, as someone who ran for office. You're, I mean, your biggest challenge is just getting people to know who you are and what you're even running for. So to come in uh, with that, with the Bashir family, like, you know, people saw Andy grow up, you know, that's, that means something. Um, and uh, 
you know, I, I think you're right that like, you know, flooding is just like one piece of this story. Um, I, I, I don't know that it would have made the difference on its own one way or the other, but it certainly does help tell a story about how this is just someone who very much takes the responsibility of his constituents, their safety and security and making sure that they're taken care of and that the governor is is supposed to be there for them in a time of crisis. Um, yeah. Right. And that that's a very um, solid narrative arc that is genuine. Um, so, um, yeah, a, a couple of interesting things about uh, the surrounding counties is uh, many listeners probably know I ran in Oldham, Jefferson, and a small piece of Shelby was added to my district uh, in the 2022 uh, uh, realignment. Um, Oldham, yeah, Oldham is the fact that he came as close as he did in Oldham is definitely something that I was happily surprised by. Uh, something that's interesting, there was a there was a school board race in District One of Oldham as well uh, last night, um, and a Moms for Liberty candidate won. There are now three Moms for Liberty candidates on the board um, in Oldham County, um, so uh, that is um, that's something that definitely has made things bittersweet for me. It is. Um, it is tough to watch this this area so badly need public schools and the support of of public school teachers and investment in public schools and uh, to see that to see Moms for Liberty have such a bad night nationally, but to win a seat in Oldham County definitely hurt. Um, so uh, yeah. Um, and then Bullet is interesting. Um, I was invited actually last year out to the Bullet County, uh, one of their Democratic uh, club meetings. Um, and uh, Bullet is obviously a, a tough place for Dems right now. Um, it's also just the, the energy there that the age of people who is living out there is it's it's a struggle to begin with, you know, like the age just skews so much older than other areas surrounding Louisville. Um, and uh, I think that that the, the south, the south and western sides of Louisville are going to continue to be um, difficult collar areas for Democrats um, as demographics are, you know, shifting and changing. Yeah, it's definitely, thing, you know, the West Louisville being such a strong democratic area it's tough to maintain that you know like 80 90 percent uh rate at which i mean there was one precinct i saw yesterday that i think was like 417 to 8 for andy Bashir in west louisville oh you know, uh, yeah. two, two or three precincts are racing like several counties in in southeastern or like south central kentucky um it's just really hard to maintain that. And, and you know, uh, it is kind of like as demographics change, as politics shift, um, you know, things are always changing. And, and being able to maintain yeah. that level of dominance is, is just going to be really tough. Um, yeah. You mentioned everybody else that wasn't named Andy Bashir uh, not having a great night. And that and that's that's true. Um, so Andy Bashir won, yeah. won 29 counties, which is more than he won in 20. Uh, 19 and he did he did quite well no other democrat won more than four counties michael bowman won jefferson fayette franklin and rowan um i think uh kim reader won jefferson fayette and rowan and i think um i think uh pam stevenson won franklin jefferson and uh fayette so I, I i think that you know a few of them won three a few of them won two but you know definitely nowhere close enough to win um you know andy Bashir has proven to be like a really formidable force in Kentucky politics. Uh, and, and 
nobody else is really able to, to keep up with him. Um, you mentioned the, the proclivity of, of people, especially in these elections, to split their ticket. I think people are less likely to split their ticket for, like, president, senator, and congressman as they are for, like, well, I voted for Trump for president, I'll vote for Bashir for governor, or I'll vote for Bashir for governor, and I'll vote for Russell Coleman for, for attorney general or, or whatever. Um, you know, in 2019, uh, you know, we looked at these maps and we were like, well, maybe we have a chance to pick up some seats in the legislature. Um, and, and then, you know, we were like, OK, if we have this map in 2022, we can win a lot of places. And then we saw a map that much more closely hewed to, like, the attorney general's map. Uh, the, the question, you know, you have done this. You have run for office before. Um, you know, you, you've had the experience. What, is, what do you think it is that makes Andy Bashir? You know, somebody who people are willing to vote for when, uh, you know, other Democrats just don't get that benefit of the doubt. Is it just like name recognition or is it something more than that? Um, I think it's a couple of things. I think the biggest piece is name recognition. Um, I don't remember which campaign school that I went to it was, but it's something like three quarters of voters don't know who they're voting for when they walk into the booth, ex- even at the top of the ticket. Um, so to be able to carry down the bottom of the ticket, when you're running for state legislature, when you're running for these districts, your race is probably at the bottom of the ticket, if not definitely the last race that's on the ticket. Right. And so I think that it could be helpful. Um, and I'm talking on the fly here, so I'd love to hear your thoughts is if, if we look at candidates who are willing to look at these as four-year commitments in terms of running and not two, I think that it would make a really huge difference because, um, you know, I can't run again. Um, my personal career is just not allowing me to, but I think that, um, I think that running for two years and losing and then running again actually does give you a significant, uh, leg up. One, obviously, just in terms of experience. You've done this before. You're not scared to make calls again. You're not scared to ask people to help you out. You're, you know, you're, you're over the hurdle of running for the first time. Um, but from a strategic point too, people know you again. And I think that that gives you, um, that gives you, they're willing to trust you a little bit more that you are putting this much energy and effort into it. Um, so I think that that from just like a strategic standpoint could be, uh, uh, helpful. Um, I think that the, the other piece of this here too, is that there is something about Andy. I mean, you know, um, he is just an incredibly likable guy. Um, and he really has a finger on the pulse of what people in Kentucky care about and, you know, has managed to, um, be firmly pro-choice and support LGBTQ kids and things that, you would think would be incredibly controversial, but he's done them in a way that is just so, um, so non-controversial, you know, um, he addresses it when it's brought up. He speaks his truth when he's asked about it. Um, but he's also, um, he's also very, he's, he, I don't want to say that he's moderate in his views because he's not, he's, he's firmly, um, uh, he's, he's firmly, um, you know, to the left on, on these issues, um, these hot button issues, uh, but he's not in your face about it in a way that, um, I think can be a turnoff to a lot of folks in, um, in the electorate. Yeah. I, I think Andy Bashir really benefited from, you know, kind of 
running after Donald Trump was elected. Because I think that, like, really reduced the salience of a lot of these, like, moral or social issues among, like, the electorate in in general. Like, I think, you know, back in the early 2000s when Steve Bashir was kind of coming on, you know, you had the era of George W. Bush and, like, good people don't believe in gay marriage, like, as, like, a thing that people were thinking. And, you know, now that you have, like, somebody who's, like, admitted to sexual assault on the presidential campaign trail uh, and then been elected anyway. liable. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Then, you know, what the heck are we doing here, guys? Uh, You know, it is is kind of like nobody's going to look at Andy Bashir and be like, well, you're a bad person because you, like, believe – trans kids should be able to uh, you know have some treatment there uh you know that's that's just i think in a different place than it was before so i think he's kind of a man for his time i do think the name you know people love steve Bashir. he won uh, it was a huge victory uh for for him in 2011 and and also in 07 um but then you know i i think that you're 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 hitting the nail on the head um there's a lot of you know i uh, we don't have to get into like legislative strategy. I think the more often people can run, the better off we are. As long as you're a good fit for the district and willing to do it, like yeah, let's get people to run over and over again. I'm all for that. Um, you know, as as long as as long as people are willing to do it, that's that's for sure. Uh, with Andy, think, yeah, go ahead. Oh, if I could, I just one other piece here that we haven't talked about uh, is the I, I do think abortion access definitely yeah. really helped Andy here as well. Yeah. Um, do we have that later on? I don't want to No, well, we d- yeah, we do um, we do a little bit. Um, but yeah, I do think okay. that that's we'll, we'll get into like what Andy Bashir wants to do uh, you know, with his second term, but yeah, I do think that that is an issue. Steve Bashir said it in an interview. I don't know who it was with, but I think it was a national outlet where they interviewed him and he was like from the point when I and like, Steve Bashir always has been pro choice. Um, you know, uh, do- Dr. Marshall of EMW uh, like during the during the gubernatorial primary in 2019 was like i support andy Bashir, even if he's not like the most progressive on abortion of the three candidates because like i liked his dad so much and he helped us out so much mm-hmm. like uh he, he like that that's steve Bashir, and he was just like i fought against this my whole career it's crazy how much it's benefiting democrats now i i do think that is that is the yeah case. yeah i mean and now that roe actually fell i know that you know a million pundits have said this but the dog actually caught the car yeah. and i think that there was there 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 is a significant amount of shame attached to talking about abortion um in the past but because it was always available and you could just keep it a secret yeah um you know that that's that seriously changed and today i actually looked up a pew study that came out or a pew poll that came out last year um and only 10 percent of respondents of adults in the united states believe that abortion should be illegal in all circumstances. So we're looking at 92% of people that believe that it should be available in at least some circumstances. They believe that it should be more available than it is in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And there's not a single abortion ban on the books that doesn't impact a much wider group of people than what you intend when you write a law that has these little exceptions in it so yeah also quick shout out with our election night podcast to uh the voters in our bordering state of ohio who voted to include uh, abortion in their state's constitution so good good for them up there um all right so you know right andy is special we got that um (laughs) what's coming next uh it's not too early let's talk about it like we we are setting ourselves up for four years from now. 
what's going to happen? Like, who are the Republicans and Democrats who who you think uh, might might be jumping in four years from now? Oh man, um, you want me to go first? I mean, I love I I have a you know a personal affinity for Jacqueline Coleman. I think she's amazing. Um, I think that she's. Uh, I think that she's naturally suited um, to uh, have a career beyond being a lieutenant governor. That's certainly not going to be the last title that she holds. Um, uh, you know, Cameron, though, it's interesting. I don't know where Cameron goes from here. Um, this is this is tough. I mean, I almost feel like in some ways it, it parallels Ron DeSantis. Like he just like jumped out too soon mm-hmm. for the wrong thing. Um, and uh, I, it, it's hard to imagine him coming back from this um, and and being successful. I mean, obviously it can happen, but, you know, it, this is this is it's a really tough night for Daniel Cameron. I mean, I don't I don't have any. I don't have any. Bad I don't feel bad for him. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel bad for him. Um, but uh, Michael Adams certainly put himself out there um, as someone that we should keep an eye on as a GOP contender. And I mean, high vote giver you know, of the night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gave a speech that covered a lot more than what a Secretary of State, uh, you know, what a Secretary of State's scope is. Um, and he kind of put out a very cheeky. Uh, tweet that he will not be running again for Secretary of State. So um, definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, Michael Adams is one of those people that that a lot of Democrats were happy to vote for. I mean, he, again, with that split ticket thing, mm-hmm. um, Kentuckians do not like being told what to do um, from the outside. And if they have an opportunity to say, you know, no, I'm actually not what you think. Um, I actually did split my ticket. Uh, they will. And, uh, you know, I think that Michael Adams is someone that that earned that from a lot of Democrats, not from this one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very clear. It just by the data, he was the high vote getter. He was the person who more more people voted for than anybody else. Um, I will say I, I, I agree with that. Like I almost always vote straight ticket. Uh, I think I can only think of like one time. I didn't vote straight ticket. I think I like wrote somebody in, but I never fill in the straight ticket bubble. So like I, <laughs> that, that's just how it is. Um, I I think um, I think you're right. I think those are all the names. Uh, many of the names I was going to name. I think Jacqueline Coleman. Um, I think it's a real testament to Andy Bashir for you know every other person who's been an incumbent governor has dumped their uh, a lieutenant governor. Um, Paul Patton did it. Uh, Steve Bashir did it. Ernie Fletcher did it. Matt Bevan did it. Andy Bashir didn't do it. He was the first person that didn't do it. Uh, and I think that really sets up Jacqueline Coleman for success. Uh, there was speculation. Rocky Atkins has said he has more gas in the tank. That is a quote from him today. So I think he he, he could potentially be uh, somebody who's got to clean up his abortion stance, I think, um, w- with where we're at right now. I, I think Cassie Chambers Armstrong, another young person who has uh, mm-hmm. a bright future ahead of them. Um, all these people are, are, are you know sitting on the horizon. There's a lot of other folks out there who I think might potentially be interested in on the Democratic side on the republican side the names you mentioned michael adams i I think certainly is high among those what's going to happen with daniel Campbell? we'll talk about him in just a second um i think james comer um he's having a rough time Mm. in dc right now maybe wants to come home we'll we'll see we'll see about that ryan quarles uh came really close last time like i do think maybe people are going to have some buyer's remorse on daniel cameron and you know ryan quarles did better than expected like he came in second he beat kelly craft i think people are like "Mm, maybe we should have gone with that quarles guy like that 
those are all names. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We got a ways to go, but but it's always fun to have some speculation. Uh, I did want to mention Adriel Camuel won her special election in HD 93, so that's yes. a hold for Democrats. That's good good news for her. You mentioned this already. Turnout was down. Andy Bashir did get 17,000 fewer votes this time than in 2019. Daniel Cameron got 78,000 fewer votes than Matt Bevan, which is pretty significant decay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, we talked about that already, so we'll just kind of leave that where it is. Um, I do think here we are at the end of the day, at the end of the election day, we are basically in exactly the same place that we were before the election. No offices changed hands. None of them. Uh, I don't remember a time where that happened, where every single office stayed in the same in the hands of the same party. Um, so what's the next 40 years going to look like? Andy Bashir did hold a press conference today where he talked about his second term priorities included was you know a list of economic development projects as well as raises for teachers and universal pre-k education being uh, one of his main issues for sure he also said that the legislature quote should pass a law adding exceptions for victims of rape and incest as quickly as they can unquote you know i think everybody know we all wanted to go further he wants it to go further but i think he really does think that that might be able to pass so one of the things Andy Bashir also mentioned was that, you know, when his father ran for re-election, he ran against the president of the Senate, David Williams. They said a bunch of really bad things about each other on the campaign trail. Steve Bashir absolutely crushed him, and then they went to work, uh, and they, they passed things in the legislature the next four years. Um, I think that that's what Andy Bashir was like. I'd like to see that. Will it happen? Okay, here's a quote from Senator Damon Thayer. Uh, he's the mouthpiece of, I think, the worst, the, the Republican id, the worst parts of the Republican Party. Um, he's a member of Senate leadership, and he said, quote, There's no incentive or reason for us to work with him. He doesn't deserve an opportunity for reparation, especially after the campaign. He's taking credit for all our good work, including some things he vetoed, unquote. I don't know what he vetoed that he took credit for, but, uh, yeah, I don't think that they're going to bury the hatchet. I think that they're mad. No. Yeah. I think we're in a different time of American politics than when Steve Bashir won, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Definitely true. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, a lot of other Republicans were more conciliatory, but only a little bit. Robert Stivers, who's the Senate president, said, quote, while we are disappointed in the outcome of the gubernatorial election, nothing substantial will change as it relates to the efforts of the Kentucky General Assembly. I am hopeful that in a second term, though, the governor will work collaboratively with his co-equal branch of government, unquote. That's not a nice quote. That is kind of saying, you know, you didn't do a good job. But maybe sure. cracking open the door. Hey, come talk to us. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Um, I, you know, <laughs> just seems like more of the same for the next four years. Yeah. Um, unless, yeah. unless, you know, Andy Bashir no longer has uh, a re-election to run. He wasn't super involved in the 2022 legislative elections. Maybe he gets more involved in 2024. Um, and if he does, you know, win some more seats, you get some more leverage. Uh, who knows? Um, based on his map, he did win 50 house seats. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's, that's, incredible. that's something to be said. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do, do you see? Do you see anything changing in terms of the way that the, the session goes, the way the legislature interacts with with uh, the governor? Um, no, <laughs> is the short answer. Um, it, to expand upon that, I mean, I, I find it interesting that Stivers calls the uh, the legislature a co-equal branch. Yes, technically on paper it is, but it. I mean. They have such a strong supermajority that if they are unified, there's very little that, you know, Andy has the the 
the bully pulpit of being the governor and he has a lot more effective direct connection with with voters and constituents um but there's very little that he can really do to overcome whatever their legislative agenda is. Um, they have they can override his veto, um, and so he can send a message by vetoing really horrific, heinous stuff. Um, but if the Republicans are unified in their opposition to him, they can override his veto without even blinking an eye. Um, so I am bracing myself for next year's session. Um, I'm. I, I'm very concerned about where the Republican legislature is going to be taking Kentucky next year. Every year we're like, well, what else can they do? And they always come up with something even worse. Uh, so, so yes, definitely yeah. the case. Um, Ada Bashir, as the governor, does have the authority to execute the laws, and we have seen yes. um, him find creative ways to interpret some of the bills that he's given. Uh, there was that SB 150 that used, like, or instead of and, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we he does have the ability to, like, sue uh using his office over um bills that he thinks are unconstitutional etc so so he does have a lot of power but yes uh, he can't veto uh, in the same way that the president of the united states can is uh, in the same way that the president of other states or the sorry the governor of other states can uh for sure so maybe not quite co like co-equal on paper i think is a good a good way to put it all right here's the part where we talk a little bit about the future of these candidates so daniel cameron uh i you know yes a lot of people were surprised when he got into this race why didn't he wait a little bit longer you already made that point um it, it seemed like this race was a loser from the start andy Bashir was really popular um you know he was able to win as a democrat uh that seemed like he was you know a lot of stuff happened that was bad for covid not good for anybody but you know got him in front of a lot of people kind of juiced his uh, approval rating for sure seemed like a loser uh for for the race uh but he he jumped in i i think Everybody wanted him to, uh, you know, run for Senate, maybe run for governor next time, just run for re-election as attorney general by your time. And he said, no, I'm going for it. And he really blew it, right? I, 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 to me, I think that this makes him definitely look worse. If he wants to run yeah. for Senate, if Mitch McConnell decides to hang it up, I don't think that this is going to help him. Daniel Cameron is only yeah. 37 years old. He does have a long future ahead of him. Um, if he wants a lot of, I, I do think a lot of Republicans, especially the folks who are like professional Republicans really do like him. Um, the Mitch McConnell world seems to be in love with them. Maybe not Mitch McConnell himself, but a lot of the people around him. Um, so he does kind of have that, that going for himself. Uh, Kate, from, from your perspective, I mean, where, where does Daniel Cameron go from here? Yeah. I mean, it's tough because it does, it does make you question. I, I think that I don't know that a lot of voters would like come out and articulate it, but when someone does jump the gun, something like this, it, it makes you question their judgment, right? It makes you question like how good of a decision maker is someone like this if they, you know, he got in a race that had an incredibly tough primary. He spent a ton of his money um, during the primary. And um, that just is not going to set you up for success against uh, a, a popular incumbent governor once you actually get to the general. Um, and I think that alone, um, you know, you don't have to have um, a ton of experience in punditry to look at that from 30,000 feet and be like, oh, I don't know that that's the right rate, the right year to have jumped in, right? Um 
that being said, I mean, he does, obviously he is young and he has, you know, been coached by one of the most successful American politicians in our lifetime. Right. So, I mean, I certainly don't count the guy out. Um, but, um, you know, it, it is hard to see where this recovery goes for me within Kentucky in the next couple of years. Um, that's just what my, from from the from the outset, that's my initial knee jerk reaction. Um, he also, uh, to me, the 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 anti trans stuff that they really leaned into did not seem genuine from him. It seemed, I mean, it was horrific, and it was yeah. you know like um, it, it, some of the the worst transphobia that. Uh, friends of mine have ever experienced in their lifetime is happening right now because of what the GOP is doing to them. Um, doesn't make it any less horrific, but it it doesn't feel to me like that's authentic to who Daniel Cameron is. Um, and I think that he did a lot of damage to his brand by leaning so hard into that ugliness um, because I just don't think it really resonates with people, you know? Um, yeah, that's my, that's my, uh, initial takeaways. I think you're exactly right about that. I, I think that I, I'm glad that you said it. I agree with you 100% about the, the anti-trans thing. He, here's the thing that I will say about Daniel Cameron and running in this particular race in the particular way that it hurts him is that this is a tough race. Republican running for attorney general, Republican running for U.S. Senate, honestly have not been the hardest races for Republicans to win in the recent past in 2019 daniel cameron ran on like pretty much just a positive message he's like i'm a young black republican i'm a new face for a new generation i am uh you know i am the future of the republican party not just in kentucky nationally he spoke at the 2020 convention uh you know he he was out front um he was he was like a future star because and he won that 2019 race by like 20 points he would have won this race by 20 points uh if he'd have run for re-election probably more than that he he probably wouldn't have been the top vote getter if he had run for attorney general instead of for for governor instead he puts himself out there and instead of being able to run on the really passive message of like here's me here's what i'm about um here's here's the things that i i believe in i love the cops whatever like the things i i don't like crime whatever that basically the, the russell coleman uh kind of playbook um he runs these like really viscerally anti-trans ads that i agree with you don't come off as as genuine he says nasty stuff about andy Bashir, who people generally like who is a popular mm-hmm. guy who won re-election um and, and that's the image that people have of him going forward he does have a long future. I think he's already started trying to rehabilitate himself. He's like, pray for the governor. You know, I, I'm, I'm asking right. you to pray for the yeah. governor. Like, I'm like, yeah, like that that guy should have run that race. That race is a winner. Like, I don't know if it's a winner, but it's it's closer than, than what you, you were doing there. I think he, you know, th- this is what happens in these top of the ticket races. You kind of become beholden to whatever the National Party wants. You start running on the issues that everyone else is running on in this anti-trans fever is all over the country right now um you know that that's just what he's had to run on and it just it's just a loser i think it's just a loser Uh, i think it hurts him going forward i think he'll be back i don't think we've seen the last of him but but i don't think he's in a better position now than he was and i think he should regret running for governor if he doesn't already yeah 
That's It'll enough. Be interesting of, oh, to, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it, it's just in, I'll I'll be really interested to see if he ends up running for uh, McConnell's seat. I think that that's the that's the one thing that I would keep my eye. I mean, because political memories are short. Usually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another one, Jamie, Jamie Comer might want to go for. Who knows? Uh, Ryan Quarles also might be a good fit for that. Uh Let's that's enough Republican talk for now. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last thing we wanted to talk about today, Andy Bashir's future. He's now won statewide in oh Kentucky three times, right? And and each time he's actually won by more. Uh he won by five thousand votes in twenty nineteen. That was an improvement over his twenty fifteen race when I think he won by like a couple hundred or like a couple thousand votes. And then of course this time won by five points, won by sixty thousand votes. He's 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 done better and better as time has gone along. This is a hard state for Democrats to win. You know, a lot of people uh you know across the like Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer, like those are blue states, right? Those are states where um the governor mm-hmm. is expected to be a Democrat most of the time. Andy Bashir's winning in a place where he shouldn't be winning. Um, he has made an explicit promise to serve all four years of this term, but then basically left the door open to, to whatever he wants to do. I personally have been speculating for a very long time that I think Andy Bashir would make a great vice presidential candidate. I think he would also mm-hmm. make a great presidential candidate. I think he likely is headed for national politics, uh, but it isn't for a while. What do you think? Do you, do you agree with that? And also, if that is the case, what does that mean for how he's going to govern Kentucky in the meantime? Oh, those are such loaded questions. <laughs> um, I So I, I got a little bit of heat from folks today on, on Twitter about this because I essentially shared that, like, this is a fantastic win for Kentucky. I'm so happy about it. And I personally gave as much money and time to the Bashir campaign as I possibly could this this. Uh, you know, as a full supporter. Um, I am very, very hesitant to project this onto a national stage um, and with with any sort of confidence. Um, I could see Andy moving into um, the national stage and killing it, being fantastic. I can also see um, how I, I, I think on the national stage, people are looking for people that aren't nice white guys to be the head of the Democratic Party also. Um, and so I think that there's a push and a pull there um, that is, uh, is I hate reading tea leaves. I hate making predictions. Um, but I think that there um, are I think that there's there would be some pushback from uh, the national on the national level in that way. I mean, that being said, he is an incredibly obviously talented politician, and he firmly he firmly stayed left of center in Kentucky and won you know as many times as he did. Um, but I am cautious to project that on the national stage. I, I think that that's totally fair, and I do think. You know, I I do think like before 2020, it did seem like you know Democrats would be loath to nominate another you know uh, you know nice white guy, but then you know they went with, we went with Joe Biden in in 2020, yeah, and, and he was yeah. elected. Um, so so that that could that could certainly happen. But if you know Democrats don't go with a nice white guy and go with somebody who looks different or is a different gender. Uh, they're definitely going to want a nice white guy in the VP seat, yes. right? And and yeah, and I, I think, think 
yeah, I think that that was one of the reasons my initial thought was like he'd be a really great VP candidate. VP candidate makes a lot of sense. And and sure. also also you know having a younger vice president um, means that if the Democrat serves a couple of terms and Andy Bashir then wants to transition to being uh, the presidential candidate, he isn't you know eighty one years old, uh, right. which that could be handy also. Uh, you know, so that that is that is where that is. I I think. With the way that this has gone, Andy Bashir is going to be seeking more of a national profile. He already has a national profile. People across the country know who Andy Bashir is. He has a national profile. I don't think it's really impacted the way that he's governed. I do think it's actually improved the way he's governed, knowing that everybody's watching him and knowing that his brand is like compassion, integrity, and competency. Like that means that's the way he's going to govern. Um, in the next four years. So I think having that national profile is good for him. It's good for Kentucky. Um, and, and yeah, like best of luck to him. You know, we're not going to get to vote for him again uh, unless he wants to run for Senate, which is another thing he could do. Uh, maybe not this time because yeah. he's going to serve four years. I think he's got a chance. Like if he wanted to run for Senate, that would be huge. Like, you know, who yeah. it, it reminds me of a little bit is Joe Manchin, who was mm-hmm. governor of West Virginia. They do not have reelection, I don't think. So he served uh, a term as governor was very popular and then transitioned and won in West Virginia, a state that should not be electing a Democratic senator. And of course, he's been there for like three terms. That's also yeah. a path ahead for Andy Bashir if he if he wants to take that. So, you know, that would be great for, for everybody yeah. as well. So and I think it's worth noting, too, when you bring in the Joe Manchin comparison as well. Andy has been a lot further to the left than Joe Manchin has. Oh, yeah. Joe Manchin, uh, by, you know, Uh, In my mind, Joe Manchin is very cynically left whenever he needs to be. And Andy is left sometimes when it's inconvenient for him to be and has continued to maintain his popularity, which is, uh, you know, um, I think that that is important to note, especially when we're talking about like national politics and the cynicism of like a nice white guy just being there. yeah the, he would have the he would have the strong local brand family connections of a joe manchin who has a big name in, in west virginia politics and yeah. was very popular as governor but maybe the policies of more like a doug jones of alabama who is much more of like a yes. dependable yeah. democratic senator from a southern state yeah um, absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah had trouble running for re-election but you know who knows you know uh who knows what could happen that's that's all that's all um i'm gonna take a nap uh kate turner anything else you have to say before i I do that i don't think so robert you go have your nap all right uh let's see before we go um everybody you can find us on twitter slash x and facebook at my old ky pod um we we have a newsletter it, it comes out every once in a while it's at tinyletter.com slash my old kentucky newsletter you can find us at the podcasting app of your choice uh and please uh th- you know throw us a couple bucks on patreon uh patreon.com slash my old kentucky podcast um if you want to see my maps those are on my own twitter at arcani um also i have a website i you know i don't promote this that often but it's at uh, kypoliticaldata.com if you want to see like all the maps and all the stuff we have to do with uh you know the legislative session and also a bunch of stuff about fundraising all of that is available there and yeah last but not least we are part of the dimcast network and the forward kentucky network all right everybody thank you for listening and we will see you next week